I'm Leonard Nimoy. Join me for In Search of... An Artemis! Hi, this is Jim Gentilly. Welcome to the podcast. We have an unusual episode, but before we get into that, I did want to read a comment we got from our distinguished editor, Justin Mullins. He wrote to me, if you guys go to Paris for Thanksgiving and do a show, you should live stream it. And if you live stream it, you'll need a production guy with you. So, Peg, I think your idea from the last podcast about Paris is picking up momentum. It's nice, getting Justin. Going. He can come. He's um, got to pay his own way, but he can come. <laughs> <laughs> We all have to pay our own way, right? Oh, I thought Peg was paying for everyone. I got I misunderstood. We are gonna. We are not. Ha- Mr. Heinz is not with us tonight. John Heinz is not with us tonight. Peg Bennett is with us. Shelley Cummings is with us. Our good friend Beth Shannon is with us, and uh, they're going to mostly carry the ball tonight. Beth Shannon actually came up with the idea for this particular episode, so I'm going to ask her to sort of explain the original idea, and we'll take it from there. Sure. Thanks, Jim. And thanks for having me back, you guys. Uh, so I realized when we did the, maybe the Paris episode, that Peggy, Shelley, and I do not have children. And I know why I don't have children, but I also have a lot of girlfriends who don't have children. So I was just curious you know, I think I have some reasons. I have, well, how do I say this? I have ideas on why some of my girlfriends don't, and it's mostly career related. Mine isn't exactly that. So I just thought it might be interesting to explore how we ended up at this point. Okay. So does anybody have a, any of the three of you have a short answer? If someone, to say you were to meet someone at a cocktail party or something, assuming we were at a time when cocktail parties were allowable, and asked you why you don't have kids, does any of you have like a short, simple answer you like to give to that question? My short answer is that I've never felt I met anyone who would equal what I wanted in a partner to have children with. That usually shuts them up. Yeah, right. That's good. Conversation stopper. Well, I I don't have a short one, so I'm not going to answer the way well, you Well, what's add- your long answer then? Um, what would you say I, to somebody who had said that, asked you that question? I guess it would be sim- very similar to Beth, but I had, there are two points in my life, maybe two and a half, when I felt like I <laughs> was with somebody. <laughs> <laughs> that I could see myself having children with. And I say the half because I was too old at the half mm. mark. Like I was, uh, yeah, I was just too old. Um, but the first two, you know, I was, I was married for nine years and with him for 16. But something in me just was like, yeah, I'm not so sure. But I also was young and in my career and I never really wanted kids. But then later on in life, I had these little urges, but not overwhelming. But I could you know, like picture myself with this person with kids, whereas my ex-husband, I could not ever, still could not. 
And I guess if I were at a cocktail party and somebody asked me that, my short answer would be that it just didn't work out. It just like the timing didn't work out there. It just wasn't meant to be, I guess, depending on the relationship I have with the person I'm talking to at the cocktail party. Like if it's a stranger or somebody I just met, that's probably what I would say just to keep it simple. Okay. Yeah, my is answer there wasn't a cocktail party. a longer party. answer, Peg, Beth? Is there a longer answer? Shelly gave a little bit of a longer answer. Yeah. Yeah, I have a longer well, answer. So I have stepkids, so that doesn't really count. But I might also say that to the cocktail party person, depending again. And I don't know, Beth maybe didn't know that. I got married later in life at age 40. That's not so, late. And I am 49. So I haven't really been a stepmom for that long. But yeah, so I have stepkids, two of them. And I did want kids. I didn't want kids. Like, I didn't not want kids. But I never really was that concerned about it or thought, oh my gosh, I just have to have kids. Otherwise, my life will not be complete. I was never one of those kind of people. And then I got older and gosh, I don't know how old I was. I'd have to do some math. And then all of a sudden I was like, I think I do want kids. So I tried to get pregnant out of wedlock. Sorry, mom. No, just kidding. She knows. (laughs) She listens. <laughs> and she knows. And sometimes she even emails and gives us yes. feedback. She, we, we love it. Uh, yeah, she's a, a regular listener, and she says it even sometimes cheers her up to listen to our podcast. So yeah, I tried to get pregnant out of wedlock uh, a couple times. Once with a partner, which would have been, I don't know, better. I don't know if it would have been better or worse than the second time that without a partner. So I bought sperm at a sperm bank and did the whole thing where you read all the profiles and stuff. (laughs) Oh gosh, it was so hilarious. And I used to call the guy uh, Mr. 1989 because he was born in 1989, which is when I graduated from high school. (laughs) So um, bought his sperm and I think I paid a thousand dollars for it which just seems just amazing to me now, and went uh, in Chicago. I took the fertility injections in your, you know, in your abdomen and the whole bit, and I got artificially inseminated. A friend of mine went with me because she was like, you can't go do this alone. And I, oh, I don't know. I mean, I think, thank God it didn't work uh, on the one hand. On the other hand, who knows? I'm sure it would have been fine if it did work. But whoa, what was I thinking? Crazy town. Do you remember that, Shelly? Very vaguely. Not. I was living in the condo behind you. Kathleen went with me. Okay, so then, you know, and and Beth, I don't know if you know my sordid tale, and I don't want to be the usurper of the whole uh, podcast, (laughs) but I was mad. You're doing great. (laughs) (laughs) What do you mean? I don't think Beth knew any of this. Okay. So this is good. Okay, yeah. so then I was madly in love with my on and off again boyfriend forever and ever. And um, 
thought that's going to be the best way. I'm going to just get knocked up with him and we'll be forever connected and blah, blah, blah. And um, he even knew what I was up to and was kind of on board with the whole thing too. So we finally, 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 after like a zillion times of breaking up and getting back together again, broke up for good. And um, that's when I attempted the donor uh, insemination. And then I was like, you know what, whatever. I got a great life. I'm living large here in Chicago. I have fun. I have a good job. I have a wonderful home, good friends, travel. Like all of a sudden it all clicked and I, I felt like just so, this sounds so trite, okay? But I really remember feeling finally I was a little bit at peace. Like I was done pining after this guy, done waiting for him to, you know, me, quote unquote. And I was just happy. And then like everybody says, once you're happy, you meet somebody. <laughs> after all the <laughs> online dating <laughs> and all the getting set up and doing all this stuff, trying to meet somebody else. When I finally gave up on all that stuff, I met somebody. And um, so because I was unsuccessful at getting pregnant with my SO and on my on and off again and with Mr. 1989, <laughs> I was a little bit uh, more lackadaisical about um, birth control. So again, this is not kids don't don't follow in my <laughs> footsteps. And boom, what do you know? I got pregnant with this person. So. I was like, holy cow, you know, and we hadn't really known each other that long. <laughs> so here it's all happening. And um, it was pretty whirlwind. And then unfortunately, I had a miscarriage at about eight weeks, I think, or 10 weeks, 10 weeks. Um, and by that time, I was either 39 or may have even been 40. I think you were. I don't 40. know what age is it when you're yeah. considered high risk because I remember my doctor telling me that I was high risk. Thirty five is advanced maternal oh. age. Okay, yeah. well I was like forty. I was thirty nine or forty, whatever it was. Yeah. Um, because I yeah, it must have been two thousand and eleven. Two thousand and eleven. So that's kind of my story. And then I wound up marrying that guy. He's a good guy. That is quite a story and so I did someone never kids. casually asked you that question at a cocktail party and you gave them that story oh yeah and then it goes that would on be, again that would shut them up for, <laughs> forever oh, yeah. probably and it's not over I kind of wish John joined us on this because um, <laughs> then I got pregnant again and again I, it was unsuccessful pregnancy again the, being an old old lady so that was hard. We, I was newly married. That was rough. So I was getting used to being a stepmom. I was getting used to being married. And then I had two pretty much back-to-back -back unsuccessful pregnancies. So big disappointment, a lot of change, had just moved, left, Grand, uh, left Chicago, moved to Grand Rapids. So I had a rough couple of years getting used to when everybody else is feeling like a newlywed and super happy. I was kind of licking my wounds like what the hell did I just do to myself? Um, but fortunately, got past all that stuff and uh, am no longer, you know, it, it didn't keep me down for too long. But um, we also went through the process of trying to adopt. So had to do the whole 
kit and caboodle with the interview with the social worker. You do all the million different things that you have to fill out. You have to get a background check, fingerprinted. Um, it's extremely expensive, all this sort of stuff. And then you have to get, it's like not really counseling, but it kind of is to make sure that you're a legit couple and all this, that you're really going to be good parents and be chosen. Well, we were on the waiting list for over a year with not one single person who was ever interested in us. Like no mom ever picked us. Um, oh, yeah. And our, our, our social worker said, you know, it's partly because A, you're older. B, you have older kids. A lot of uh, pregnant moms who don't want to keep their uh, babies really want a younger couple instead of an old couple. And uh, we only did, we were only open to um, internet. I mean, uh, what's it called? Not, not international, domestic adoption because of something that was going on at the time. I can't remember. A lot of countries were closed to international adoption. One agency around here, they wanted me to sign some paper about that I didn't believe gay people should be able to adopt. So I was like, I'm not going to go through them. And my friend was like, if you really want a baby, you'll sign that form. And I was like, well, I don't agree with it. But I've always remembered her saying, if you really want a baby, you would sign that form. And I've thought about it because I remember John and I went running and we were talking about it and he and Ted were trying to figure out if they were going to adopt or if they were going to do surrogacy. And I remember John just being just so negative about surrogacy like 20, 25 years ago. And, and now he was seriously considering it. And when he was telling me the, the cost of it, I, it was just like astronomical to me that I thought I could never see myself spending that kind of money. Uh, and meanwhile, my husband already has two kids. So he was, he would do it for me, but I could tell he was doing it for me. So to, to go that far, uh, and get that kind of, you know, you're like, you could do these fundraisers and ask people for money and go fund me and get loans and all this sort of stuff. And here now, by now, I think I'm like 42 and, um, my husband's older than me. He would, he's like three years older than me. It was becoming less and less attractive the more expensive it got and the older we got. And so then I think sometimes when I think back on it, I always hope I'm not going to have uh, regret. And I might, you know, near the end of life when you think, oh, if I had kids, I mean, I'm still afraid of having all these hairs on my chin when I'm 80 and <laughs> Nobody, no, I don't, I'm not going to have any kids who are going to pluck them for me or, you know, Peggy, make sure we my already worked out a deal for that. You know that. We've already talked about that. So I do worry about that kind of stuff. And I hope I don't like go to my deathbed thinking, you know, if you really wanted a baby, you would sign that form. Like if I really wanted a baby, I would have gone into debt. If I really wanted a baby, I would have waited longer on that adoption. So the, what I was going to say is we finally pulled the plug after like a year and a half of waiting to adopt, we finally said that's it. Enough is enough. I mean, it's kind of agonizing. You're constantly checking. You're constantly hoping somebody's going to pick you, and you're like, "What's wrong with us? We would have given a kid a great home, great life." So it's a little bit like, ugh, it got exhausting. So that's pretty much my story. Do you have to like if maybe it didn't work out with that adoption agency? Do you have to go through the whole thing with a separate adoption agency or is it like a national 
No. Network. You have that to once go through it. Every time. Okay. Every mm-hmm. time. Because we thought about that too. We were like, well, what if we change? Uh-huh. And you know, John's sister got two ch- children from Guatemala. And you know, you hear all these people who've gotten kids from other countries. I really can't remember. There was something like, they don't like, some one country didn't like somebody who, oh, because we had, we weren't married long enough. One oh. of the countries had a um, minimum huh. time frame for how long you were married before they would accept you as an adult. So there were all sorts of things going, you know, different things had different requirements and different restrictions. And it was becoming all consuming. And you do hear about people who go through fertility treatments and how it, you know, monopolizes their life and then they don't enjoy each other. I'm just finishing season two of Virgin River and that, you know, poor Mel and her deceased husband, it drove them apart. So I didn't want to have that happen to my brand new marriage. Is nobody watching Virgin River? Nobody laughed at that. I didn't I know, did. I wanted to know about it. But I haven't watched it. Oh, Tell me okay. about Virgin River. <laughs> it's a bad, Oh, maybe I should make it my recommendation. <laughs> <laughs> I think you did before. It sounds like oh, that's okay. how I, I think. <laughs> I don't think so. But I don't think so. Yeah, Jim would know. So anyway, yeah, it's just a, a stupid show on Netflix that, that it touches on this topic, like so many other Lifetime movies and whatnot. So All right. there's, there's my story. So I wanted kids, but not. I didn't realize it until later. And uh, But there was a point at which you were like, I'm satisfied I don't have kids. And then all this other stuff you met. Yes. Charlie yeah. and all this other stuff happened. Yes. I would say that's accurate. And how old were your stepkids when you met them? The oldest one was an eighth grader. So he was 12 or 13. And the youngest one was about nine. Okay. Yeah. I think. So let's see, he's 19 now. Yeah, 11. Yep, he was 11. So, I mean, I I call him stepkids. I mean, we have this good friend, friend of the podcast, Gwen. He got married. And from the day he got married, he called his stepkids his kids. And he would get mad at any of us when we'd say, oh, how are your stepkids? They're my kids. They're my kids. And I've never really done that. And I always wonder, too, if why I don't do that. I mean, I don't know if I do it out of respect for their mom. They definitely have a mom who's involved in their life big time, you know, not not a part-time mom. So I don't know if I just, uh, we also have a friend in Philly who used to be like, they're not his fucking kids. They're his stepkids. So that's always in the back of my mind too. <laughs> wow. <know>. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> There's a lot in the back of your mind, Peg. <laughs> yeah, I know. My it's mind's a very full. crowded place there. My mind is Bethy, full. do you have more? Do you want to elaborate on your um, well, story a little bit? I'm laughing because I have a stepbrother who I always say is my brother. Right. And I, but his mom is my stepmother because my mom was 10 when uh, she died. Or, I was... I was 10 when my mom died, so she's mom and Pat's my stepmother. But yeah, people always think Mark's my biological brother because of the way I refer to him. And then he's 6'5", and we're 5'5", and people realize he's not biologically my brother. And I'm like, oh, right, he's my stepbrother. Yes, but yeah, we did the nice. blend. We did the blended family uh, 
back in the 70s. So we were kind of cutting edge. The Brady Bunch. Exactly. And I'm getting this weird echo the whole time. So that's why I keep tripping up. Oh, you sound great. Yeah, you Okay, do. well, that's good. Yeah. <laughs> but to Jim's question, because my mom died when I was 10, I ended up raising my siblings. So I had no illusions about what raising kids was. It wasn't just the cute, like, let's take the photo. It was asthma attack at 3 a.m. and the steam shower and eating the aspirin and trying to get their stomachs pumped. So I saw all the downsides (laughs) and never met a partner and probably by choice in my 20s and 30s, you know, dating men that I did not want to have children with. So it kind of avoided the question. And I, it was never something that was going to make me complete. My sister always felt that way. Four years old, she was going to be a mom. And I was like, oh, I don't know. So yeah, maybe if I met the right guy at 30 something, it would have happened. But I, I was never one of those people who needed it. I have lots of girlfriends who I think, I mean, this is, if they ever listened to this, <laughs> settled uh, to have their kids. Um, and yeah, that wasn't me. Yeah, it's funny. So, Some women oh. have almost like their life plan before they've even met their partner. Like, I want to get married by the time I'm 30. I want to have two kids by the time I'm 36, you know, or whatever the plan is. And then I've known women in the past that were just paralyzed by that when it didn't happen. And it was so forced. And I I also just have never been that kind of a person. But um, it's interesting how everybody has a different approach to what makes them complete. But I love being an aunt and take my friends' kids. I always do their um, anniversary and the mom's birthday. I'll babysit for free so they can go out and celebrate and I get my kid fix. Nice. So, yeah, it's kind of the best of both worlds. (laughs) You said you have some other friends that, uh, female friends that also don't have kids. Yes, quite a few. Yeah, um, so I don't have that many, just a couple maybe at this point. So I'd be interested to hear about your friends. Yeah, so I've been doing Pilates since the plague started with some of these close college girlfriends. And there's five of us, only one has kids. And then I traveled to Barcelona. I told you guys about that. And again, the one girlfriend who has a son came, but all the other women never had kids. And some of it was not finding the right partner. Uh, Some of it was going back for grad degrees and PhDs and stuff like that. But we all have really full lives. I know they, they miss the companionship, but I don't think they miss the kids per se, but we don't talk about this a lot. So that's why I was kind of curious what your take was. So that means that you sort of answered my next question, which was going to be, are they at peace with that? Because like Shelly was saying, I mean, I've known some people who feel like they've been 
I, I know we're not allowed to say gypped anymore, but like they've been wronged by the universe because it didn't turn out the way. You're allowed to say rook. Okay. Yeah. Life didn't turn out the way they planned it and kind of woe is me. I don't mean to belittle it, but a little bit of that. And I thought, oh, I'd never want to be like that if it doesn't. I mean, I know I offended somebody on the podcast when I said something kind of cold about if your whole life is about I'm going to have I have to have a kid. I I said something sort of mean, but I was just trying to make a point like it it can't be your whole life because it might not work out. So So can we go back to something for a quick second? Yeah. Uh, What happened? Why can't we say the word gypped? Uh, Uh, It's gypsies. And I didn't realize to be... that, by the way, until oh. relatively recently. I, I had didn't... never made the Shelly, you're not the only person. I I knew that before this episode recorded, but it was only relatively recently that that I I had never connected that word with the word gypsy until someone pointed out to me relatively. Recently. Wow, yeah, and I feel like sorry. I've been knowing that for years now. Yeah, I mean, and again, it. It, it makes absolute sense as soon as someone explained it. Yes. And then you get why it's not cool to use that term, but uh, I didn't know that till relatively recently. So, Shelly, oh. I, you know, share Sorry to your, digress from whatever. our topic, but I was No, confused. no, no. I think that's... <laughs> it's a clarifying I, well, I mean, it's, question. It is an interesting... It is. it is a totally different topic, but I do find that there are things... Uh, I mean, again, this is off the topic. There are things like that where not everybody knows everything, and some... Sometimes we say things truly out of ignorance that we don't really intend to. Yeah, and I said it not out of ignorance. So well, but you, yeah, you were saying in the context of saying people shouldn't say it. So. And I couldn't. And it turned out find to be educational because you, Shelley, wasn't aware of that. So it was Thank all, you. Okay. all for the good. All good. So yeah. Anyway, I was one. So it sounds like your friends are, and at this age, I mean, Beth. We, you've probably told me, uh, told us how old you are, but are you our age? Are you forty nine? I'm 50? older. I'm okay. 55. A little bit older. So I would also like to say, I mean, I hope that at this point in our lives that we're not talking about it that much anymore. Like maybe in our late 30s, it was more of a focus. And we talked about it because if we're still talking about it in our 50s, then so I think it's great that you and your friends don't talk about it that much. I mean, sure, every once in a while we might be like, oh, might be nice to have a like I'm looking forward to be a grandparent. My oldest stepson, he eloped. And he married a older woman, and I'm like, oh, I could be a young grandma if I get lucky, <laughs> and that could be fun. Yeah, <laughs> that be that again would be like an aunt, best of both yeah. worlds, take care of him, right. give him back, no responsibility, spoil him. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, my friend Kate married a guy who had kids, and now she's a grandma, and she loves it. That's the best cute. way to do it. Yeah. <laughs> so I have a question, and obviously, Peg, you married someone who had kids. Shelly and Beth, did you, was dating someone who already had kids, was that, would that have been an issue? Was it an issue? Was it ever something that entered in the radar, like as a positive or a negative? Go ahead, Beth. You can go first. Yeah. So I have dated men who have children. It was never an issue. It was mostly you kind of get to see the kind of dad they are and how they talk about their ex, which is really enlightening. So that was never a deal stopper for me. 
Uh, so when I was younger, it was a deal stopper. Um, and I honestly have to say in the last, I don't know, five years, probably, I've been open to it because realistically, if I'm going to date somebody at my age, they're most likely going to have kids. And so I think there was only one person that I went out with that I can recall at the top of my head who had children when I was younger. And then, yeah, it's I struggle with it. Still. Was that the journalist? Okay, two two people. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's what happens when you have your best friend also on the podcast. Two episode, people. I forget. I? I forget. Honestly, so because yeah, after I you could... dated that guy, you were like, "I'm never dating anybody with kids again." And you and know, I up didn't... until that point, I never had either. Yeah, and I didn't until I moved here to Indiana. So it's. Uh... And the the people that I have dated here in Indiana that that has uh, fallen through for a variety of reasons, and I would have to say that I struggled with. I don't know if it was like parenting I saw going on, or and it, it wasn't because they had a, spoke badly about their ex or that person was involved in our relationship or anything. It just I don't know. I still struggle with it, and it's a terrible thing to say because you know we all have our past histories, but I. Uh, it's hard. It's a hard thing when you're at this age. Why do you say it's a terrible thing to say? What is it? Why do you feel it's a well, terrible it's, thing? Well, you know, to say? you're. I'm a. It's a terrible thing to say because I'm immediately going into. I'm l- l- reducing my pool of people immediately to consider at, to go out with if I don't want to go out with somebody that has children because you know they're everybody at this. Most people at this age have children. The advantage of it: many people at this age have children that are grown and out of the house. <laughs> <laughs> so that's a little easier than, you know, uh, toddlers or teenagers. So I just, I think it's bad to say because it's, you know, I like kids. I like being around them. I'm good with them. But then to say I don't want to date somebody that has them just sounds not nice to me when you say it out loud. Do you guys agree, Peg and Beth? Do you think that's not nice to say that? No, I think it's fine. I think, you know, whatever, the older you get, the more, honest. I think it's yeah, better the more you to know what be you honest about it. Yeah. I, w- I just want to do a sidebar before Beth answers and say that what I thought was fascinating was that when I got together with Charlie and he told me that he'd been divorced for, I don't know, like five years or something before we got together. And he said that he was only interested in dating women that didn't have kids. And I was like, what? And here you have kids? <laughs> that is so, so, you know, when we'd, when we'd get into arguments when we were first married about child rearing, and I didn't really agree with some of the things that he was doing with his sons and or our kids, I should say, you know, I used to be like, you have to, you have to have a little patience with me because you didn't even want to date anybody that had kids. And now here I am in your house with these two boys trying to, you know, so it's uh, even he who had kids didn't want to date somebody with kids. And I guess I could see his perspective because he's already gone through it and he might not want to go through it again with another part, a different partner that has their own set of kids. You know what I mean? So I could see how he would say, I want to date somebody that doesn't have kids so I can just deal with my kids and not deal with another set of unknowns. Not that that's what he was thinking, but I could yeah, see. Yeah, no, I, I see why he said it for sure. I mean, but I thought it was yeah. interesting when you think about how hard it is to meet people and yeah, what you're up against. And now here, somebody with kids doesn't want to date somebody with that had kids also. It's, it's 
It's hard to be a woman. Tanya, Tanya, wait, who says that? <laughs> Tanya, Tucker? Tanya, you mean Tucker. Uh, sometimes it's hard to be a woman, Tammy Wynette? Tammy Wynette. Yeah, the, uh, the, but okay. the, the end of it is stand by your man. So stand that by your man. song has a best and equivocal message. So, um, so let me ask this question. Um, and uh, let me just frame it by saying, obviously, I am a man and also a man who does have children. But it strikes me, and maybe I'm completely wrong about this, that despite the fact that it's 2020, that women who reach a certain age and don't have kids are still looked at differently than men who reach a certain age and don't have kids. Do you guys feel any of that, or am I just completely wrong? Am I- I've never noticed. Yeah, I was going to say the same thing. I mean, I have to be careful because I have stepkids, but I really don't feel like it's that big of a deal. I mean, I don't feel like maybe people behind my back say, oh, <laughs> what a pity. She never had any kids. But I don't, I have no idea. I don't feel it. It seems more and more common. So I get the question when I was dating and they found out I was married and with that person for so long, like, oh, so you guys never had kids? Like, that's like the next question <laughs> that typically comes out because I guess it's just expected when that you're supposed to have kids. But I don't think I get those. I still get those questions, you know, in the more recent times when I've been dating, but I don't think like they're in my, they're not as obvious or, or you know, they don't come out with them as quickly. I don't know. It seems to vary. Yeah. I think the only time it's come up is in dating and people like, why aren't, you married or not now obviously <laughs> aren't date, but <laughs> people don't really ask that do they <laughs> well no I, I had one guy tell me i was too picky meanwhile he was divorced twice i was like i'd rather be pickier <laughs> uh, well men no, do like, like to give I advice live, to women right that's for sure. yeah, yeah, they so. think they're the best yeah but living in D.C., working in D.C., it's we've got lots of women who never married, never had kids, but did marry. So now I've never run into that, Jim. OK. I, I did have people tell me when I was in my 20s that I didn't know myself and I would definitely want kids as I got older. Do you now tell these people that they were wrong and they should have shut up? <laughs> I've grown a lot as a person and <laughs> would react feel much the need better to tell today. Okay, <laughs> they might have seen mm. Evelina. <laughs> but you've never had the thing where you were like, did you ever, was there ever a time like even briefly where you felt that sort of pang that you didn't have yet? The only time was when I was living in Bangkok and a friend worked at an adoption agency, like Thai orphans. And I thought about it. And mostly it would involve staying overseas because you could afford it. I couldn't imagine trying to be a single mother or working full time, raising a kid back here. I could see it in Asia. They adore children. It's, I had a good support system. It's affordable. So yeah, there was like a, Six month to year period when I was trying to decide if I stay put or come back. That I also thought about it. 
Shelly, did you ever think about adoption on your own? No, I, f- I felt like if I was going to have kids, I wanted to have a partner. So if I was going to do it biologically or adopting, if my partner really wanted it, then I would adopt, but um, just was not, not in the cards for the plan that God had for me. So Shelly, um, did you ever get any grief? I mean, I guess this is for Beth too, but I, uh, I know Shelly's family. Anything from your sisters ever about it or your parents? Not not for my sisters. I definitely, when I was younger, got a little pressure, uh, you know, and very subtle, not like, you know, pointing to their wrists and say, hey, clock's ticking. <laughs> but, you know, they both, they just wanted me to be happy. So it didn't, it wasn't like, oh, you have to get a, get us a grandchild or anything like that. I think also I was fortunate because my sisters started having kids pretty quickly after they got married. So it kind of took some of the pressure off me, even though they were younger. But I I don't feel, I felt like more of the pressure of finding a partner than having kids. Beth? My parents have been great, have never put pressure on any of us. It probably helped that my youngest brother got married at 23 to a woman who already had a son and they quickly had their first child. So my parents had grandkids pretty quickly. (laughs) That helps. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It's always good to have a sacrificial lamb to offer. (laughs) So Jim, do you think um, childless women are uh, total losers? No, not at all. I mean, first of all, first of all, I have the greatest. I hope you know, Peggy, Shelly, Beth, that I have the greatest respect and affection for all three of you. And I think all of your individual stories of life. And to be honest, I probably know Beth's probably a little bit better, Peg, than Shelly's in that order. But I know something of all of your stories, and they're all fascinating to me. And I, I, I think that, you know, I don't, I, you know, there's probably like a time when I was much younger when I would have thought it strange because, you know, I didn't, I was much smarter. But now that I'm older and stupider, I think it's all great that, <laughs> that you guys are who you are and that people are who they are and how they choose to do you wish you had a daughter? Just kidding. You don't have to answer that. <laughs> I wouldn't have been adverse to that idea, but I certainly wouldn't trade any of my three yeah, sons for a daughter. Of course. So, I mean, I certainly wouldn't have been adverse to the idea of a daughter. My, my male children, the three male children, are unanimous in agreement that it was a good thing I didn't have a daughter because they strongly felt I would have been terribly spoiled a daughter if I'd had a daughter. Mm. That's their opinion. I don't know if that's true. They have said that on more than one occasion. I don't know. Do you guys have any thoughts about women? Do you feel do you feel there's any I don't I'm trying to phrase this the right way. There are obviously you know lots of women who do have children. And do you ever feel like there's some kind of maybe barrier between you and them because they have children or that there's some kind of like... I have a story for that one. Okay. And um, again, we keep talking about um, 
getting older. And I would say it's much, much easier now as an older person, probably for a variety of reasons. But one of them Shelly touched on was that a lot of people's kids are so much older now. But I remember getting together with all, I have this group of like seven high school girlfriends and we're still friends and we've all gone our separate ways and, but always wound up seeing each other once a year, twice a year, whatever it was. Well, we all got together. We were sitting in my friend's living room and everybody had a, a new baby and, um, or like a one-year-old or a, you know, whatever, a small child, a small baby, a small child. And it was so chaotic. And everybody was telling so many stories about, you know, did they rip? Did they need stitches? They almost <laughs> bled to death. They didn't get, they pooped. Their husband saw their poop when they were, get, you know, like just constant stories. And for a while I was enjoying myself, but it was getting to the point where it was just insane. And it wasn't, it was like, I wasn't even there. And after a while I left and not one person noticed. <laughs> That's wow. Tough. Yeah. Or if they did notice, I never heard about it. I just assumed they didn't notice. You know, by the time we all got up and went into the kitchen to like get a snack or whatever, I just went out the front door and I, I left. I didn't say goodbye to anybody. <laughs> so that was, was like a one one night experience. Yeah. It wasn't like oh, every yeah, it time. It only happened one time. Okay. But I just got, uh, yeah, like sometimes you just felt like I did feel left out. I think I remember feeling like, okay, is anybody going to ask me about what's going on in my life? You know, it's not the same as what they're going through, but it's still a life. And uh, I wasn't in tears or mad or it was just kind of like, I'm just going to go. You know, I've I've had a nice time. I've held everybody's kid and uh, there were no hard feelings on my part. I never held it against any one of them, but I do remember it very well. I mean, it must have been 18 years ago. You know, all these kids are now in college, freshmen, sophomore in college. So it was a while, it was a long time ago. So my sisters uh, lived here in Indianapolis after they graduated from college. And my one sister would started a monthly girls' night out. And so they would get together with a group of people that they knew. Some were parents that they knew from sitting on the bench with the kids' events or in their school. Some were from college. Some were from high school. So when I moved here seven years ago, they invited me. Uh, to the monthly girls' night out. And I thought, oh, that's awesome. And every month, it was just like Peggy described. They weren't talking about diapers and stuff because their kids were a little bit older. But, you know, having to take one kid to this place and what was happening at the school and what were the teachers doing. And uh, and so I literally sat there. I was the only one. There was, there was one other woman that didn't have children, but like the nine or 10 of us, the, of us, all of all of them had children. And I felt exactly like what Peggy did. I never got up and left, but I I was like, okay, we're at a good restaurant. I'm going to have maybe an extra glass of wine here because <laughs> I can't add to this conversation. But it's, it's hard. And then the other experience that I've had when I've talked to people is they will say, well, you just don't know. You've never had children. And I find that so condescending. Like I, I, I have an opinion or I have an, an idea. Yeah, I haven't walked in your shoes, but to have somebody say, "Well, you just don't know. You've never had children." Is it's minimizing my experience. I feel the end. Beth? It's totally. Beth, you have a yeah. No, it's totally minimizing your experience, and it's bullshit. It's 
<laughs> because not to put too fine a point on it, but yes. right. no, but I have one friend whose son has epilepsy. I worked with a guy; his daughter has epilepsy. So I would say, Steve, if you ever need somebody to talk to, doctor recommendations, protocols, whatever, I probably would have slapped him if he said, "Oh, you don't know." You don't have kids. Um, and yeah. I'm now realizing. I think the general counsel would have advised <laughs> you not to slap a fellow employee despite the provocation. But You keep telling me that. Yes. Yeah, that is a repeated theme, isn't it, with you, Beth? <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, during the entire time we worked together, she never did actually slap anyone. So I feel like that was my one great achievement, professional achievement in life was from slapping anyone. But I also realize I would choose to be with my mom friends when they weren't with the other mom friends for that same reason that just sort of clicked in my brain when you guys said that. Because, yeah, they don't even you're notice. Like you're being ganged up on, sort of. No, it's, they don't even notice. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. mean it's not conscious, yes, but it's they don't notice, yeah. yeah. But it's the it's like they deform a click. Peg, did you have something you wanted to add? Yeah, well I was gonna say that um I, the other thing I noticed uh through the years is that sometimes it was the uh moms who chose to stay at home versus the moms who had jobs outside of the house. Those moms were not often so just kid focused because they had more going I mean at this I have to be, you have to be careful how you say all this stuff, right? Because I don't want to sound insulting, but they, their life was uh, a little bit more complicated. They juggled a job and they also had children at home versus the moms who all they did all day long was be with their, their kids or other moms who stayed home because they go to, you know, the, the play groups and stuff like that. So I noticed that my friends who worked outside of the home who had kids were not as much kid-centric or they were easier to diversify the topic, I guess is how I want to say it. And now, again, now that they're all older, I find that they're they're not all. I mean, I, I don't know, or maybe it's me. I enjoy hearing more about these kids and what's happening in, at college versus baby's first step or so-and-so. Kick got kick got a goal at their third grade soccer game or whatever. You know what I mean? I don't. Again, I find that the the older stories more interesting. Like, what are they doing for their summer job? Did they get in a car accident? Who are they dating? I, that kind of stuff. I'm more intrigued with the stories these days than I was when they were smaller. So maybe that's a testament that I'm not as good with small kids. Or maybe so it's Peggy. Just, were you were you around small kids very much? Because like, no, I know your ton. brother doesn't have kids, and right, not a ton. I was a babysitter, and okay. but other than that, yeah, because it seems like relating to the, relating to the kids when they're older is like relating to an adult. Yeah, right. And so right. then you can see, and I I get it. Eh, kids first step, yeah, whatever. But unless they haven't a 
challenge and, you know, handicap, they're going to have a first step. And, you know, it's just like a progression. <laughs> it's, like, it's not like they won the Heisman. You know? like, <laughs> We're the worst. That's hilarious. We are. We're going to get a lot of bad reviews on this one. I'm sorry. Nancy Heights is not going to well, like this one. It do, I will say this. When you're a parent, I think it is difficult sometimes to keep perspective that's fair. On the interest that you have in your own child, which is, I think, perfectly of natural course. and normal. And you know and, we're kidding, and to right? You know that it. other people may not be as wowed by the things about your own child that you find, you know, amazing and awesome and, as and so forth. Per usual, we're sort of speaking in hyperbole. Of course, no. the first step is awesome and it would be thrilling. <laughs> no. and- the first time your kid I think took a shit fair. in the toilet. I think it's fair for people to see the other side and to remember that, you know, that, I mean, it's a good, it's a good example of how everything can be looked at from different perspectives. And we're, it's probably, and we're like that with my dogs, right? I was I just going to say, it's yeah. probably analogous to when I send Peggy a picture of my cat and she's a dog person and she's like, whatever, if I have to see another cat picture. And then no. she sends me dog dog picture. So it's it's the same thing. You know, it's our perspective of right. where we're grounded. So that, I was thinking that exact same thing, Peg. <laughs> By the way, I don't feel that way when you send me cat pictures because okay, I send you, you dog pictures and I want you to like them too. Yes, I um, do. So yeah, that's 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 what I was thinking. And then the um, the other thing, sometimes people feel like, oh, people with kids, uh, women with kids, they couldn't come to work today because their kid was sick, so they couldn't go to school. So, like, oh, I, I don't get to do that. I'm, I'm just going to take a day because, uh, you know, or I don't, I, again, bad example. But do women with kids get some th- allowances that uh, women without kids don't get? It's a great question. I don't know the answer to it, but I know of somebody that we all know who would get very angry at her job when the another person that she worked with had to take another day off because the sick child and the husband wasn't around, so she had to be there or and it happened repeatedly and this friend of the podcast was like, "I don't do that. How do I like how do I get that kind of opportunity and not that it's an opportunity, but she just felt like some of the burden was placed on her in a different way because she doesn't have children. And so she wasn't expected to rush home to daycare or to get dinner or whatever. Whereas those in the office that did might have been, from her perspective, treated differently. Yes. And that same person also decided to start working from home. I'm going to take one day a week that I work from home and just because that's what the women in my office do who have kids and just because I don't have kids doesn't mean I shouldn't be able to do one day from home. This is pre-COVID. This is years ago. So felt like, you know, she should be able to do one day from home if all those other people are doing one day from home and they they used like whatever Wednesday is the day my kid doesn't go to preschool so I have to be home that day and supposedly they're working. So yeah. I, I, I know exactly what you're talking about, Shelly. Yeah, I do too. And the whole, oh yeah, I can't make the meeting because I have to go get my kid. And we get family medical leave, which is awesome, but I never use it. So every year, six days, stay on the book because I don't have a kid to run home to. And yeah, I'm not a- making light. I mean, obviously, 
people are running home and there's bad things and kids are sick and but it is that sort of like could I take my dog to the vet and use family leave? Yeah, right. right. Yeah, exactly. Okay, well we should probably start wrapping up, but before we do, I wanted to give Beth last word. I wanted you to know, Beth, is this the conversation you were imagining having with Peggy? Really? Great question, Jim. That's a very good question. And yes, in the sense that I learned so much about you guys, feel I know you better, and we've had some of the same struggles. <laughs> yeah. Shelly, Peggy, any last thoughts from either one of you? I want to know um, if Beth has more to say, like when she said yes, in the sense that what about no? What about no? (laughs) Is there something else you were hoping to to learn? Peggy does pick up on the nuance of these Mm -hmm. things. Well, Beth, is there more you want to say? You want it to go a little differently. That you've learned so much about them and now you never want to speak to them again. This will be the last time I'll be on this podcast. No, it makes me want to spend more time with them. In Paris. Paris. Thanksgiving. In Paris. Yes. <laughs> or Chicago, even. Or Chicago. Uh, Shelly, any more final thoughts from you? No. Mm-mm. I don't think so. I think we've covered pretty much the top line issues. Are we doing top of mind or recommendations? We're not going to do top of mind. If you guys want to make recommendations, Shit. you can. I had a top uh, of mind too. I was well, ready. I didn't think top of mind fit in with tonight's pop. Hit. Okay, top but of if you mind have a top do of mind, you really also. want to get off. You've you've given us a lot from the back of your mind tonight. <laughs> so if you want to get something from the top of your mind, Peggy, far be it for me to like try to prevent. No, I'll save it for next time. I'll just make sure <laughs> it's still it's on the top still of my there. mind. There you or go. If it's moved to the back. Maybe you could rearrange <laughs> the furniture or something. Um, and I will say for myself, do you guys, uh, does anybody want to make a recommendation? I have a recommendation. So go, I, have a, I, have, I have a follow-up recommendation and then a, re- a new recommendation. My follow-up feedback is I listened to the book, The Searcher. That, oh, by Donna French. Yes. Uh-huh. yes. Right. Couldn't stop listening. Absolutely. You did it as it. an audiobook. Yes, I'm doing a lot of audiobooks who, these who days. Who read it? Was it Tana or somebody else reading uh, not Tana. It was a male voice, the okay. the cow voice. It Wait, was great. Who recommended that? Beth. Beth? I did, and Wait, I what's loved it, called? it. The searcher. The searcher. Is that the one I told you to? Wait, who's the author? Tana, Tana French. French. Or Tana? Isn't that the one, Shelley? I just told you to listen to. N- no, yours was little secrets, little pieces, or something. No, no, no. Wait a minute. The Is searcher. that the one with the Irish? <laughs> Yeah, the searcher, the guest list you told me yeah, about. Yeah, the searcher. That's the one I told you you would love with the Irish oh, guy. <laughs> I did love it. But when I wrote it, because I write down everybody's recommendations, I wrote it when Beth gave it. So maybe Beth, it came back around. I wasn't even listening to you. I just listened to another <laughs> one. Shocking that Peggy wasn't <laughs> listening. <laughs> That's never happened before in the history of this podcast. <laughs> I just listened to another one by her that I didn't like as well. Which was what? Um, but I have them all on hold. T- uh, it was called In the Woods. Oh, we like oh. that one very much. I yeah. read that. I liked The Searcher better. I have not read it it yet, but I have it on my coffee table ready to go. And then my real recommendation 
that was just a follow-up to Beth's or Peggy's recommendation is uh, I recommend having a virtual wine tasting, which I participated in last mm-hmm. night. And it was a ton of fun. A group of work people put it together to help celebrate um, two people's birthdays. And they got it from, you could go online and get these wines from a company um, called In Good Taste. And they you could you pick out which flights you want, but the bottles equaled the little teeny bottles they gave you for your tasting came out to be two full bottles of wine. It was a lot of wine. And you were on Zoom and you have a sommelier who walks you through taste, you know, what do you taste? This should taste like this, this. And it was um, a lot of fun and educational at the same time, but it was a good way to break up the Zoom monopoly, but feel like you're out with friends. I love that idea. Yeah, that's cool. Anybody else? So I'm reading a book called A Man Called Ove. It's a Swedish book. It's good. It came out a while ago. Yep. Yeah, I really like it. Oh, I boohooed. Did have you boohooed yet? A couple times. Yeah. And they also I'll actually there's a movie version of that that was made a couple of years ago as well. Yes. With have you read it, Jimmy? I, I have not. Okay. So I've uh, read a couple. Nor have of I the, seen the movie either? But go ahead. The um, go ahead, Peg, sorry. other ones by the same author that I also really liked. The one about my grandma told me to tell you I was sorry. I also made me boohoo. I like that author. Yeah, I, this is the first time I've read him, but two friends recommended it, so I love it. Friends with children or without children? <laughs> <laughs> one with, one without. <laughs> Peg, do you have a recommendation? Um, well, the last time we talked, I said something about how I was top of mind with something about tech, being fascinated with tech. Mm-hmm. technology. And I would okay. say that my recommendation is to try to solve some of your own tech problems, because when you do, it's very rewarding. I solved, very a, true. I solved a couple things and I felt like a friggin' a genius. genius. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, anytime you solve a problem, I think people get a sense of satisfaction. From it's true, money. but with tech, for me, it's even more rewarding. Because usually I just ask somebody else to figure it out. I know well, the Peg, feeling. You're exactly. going to take us home and finish out. But before you do that, I want to say that I found this conversation fascinating. And I do hope I wasn't too intrusive because you guys had a lot to say. And it was all very interesting. Peg, take us home. All right. Um, so thanks for listening to our little special episode. Thanks, Beth, for the idea. and instigating jim thanks for moderating justin mullins thanks for making us sound decent and ted (laughs) enlay thanks for the theme music uh john heinz thanks for not being on this one it was a refreshing break (laughs) and um all those things we talked about like the searchers and a man called ove and uh whatever else, a lot of technology. It can all be bought on Amazon Prime. In the woods. And send us a review, send us a voice review and tune in on all the different avenues on which we are available. And thanks for listening and we'll see you in a fortnight. Bye. Bye. Bye.